So, welcome to episode two of We Got Mail. It's uh, so good to be around the table again. It is indeed. Lovely to see you both again. Really good, really good. The, uh, nice to be back. And the, yeah. hi- the hiatus is largely my fault. Wow. <laughs> We're well, busy. We're busy. I think I, think I contributed. <laughs> well, we'll get into that more later. I think. I don't know whether it. I don't. I don't know whether it's slightly off topic, but it, it's certainly worth mentioning. It's certainly we'll worth mentioning. We'll it, you're you're we'll, gallivanting. We'll put it out for a public vote to the listeners later on. Yeah, I like <laughs> who, who to blame? I like this. I like this. And um, by all in the spirit of uh, improving, if you've just been listening to some intro music um, at the start of this episode. It's because we all agreed on um, some music that uh, we've come up with and we thought it would be nice to try it out for the podcast as some sort of theme, a theme sort of jingle, uh, theme music. So um, all will be confirmed more for us because you, you've already heard it. <laughs> you, oh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're waiting to hear it. <laughs> oh, we're amazing. Mute. Yeah. So, um, episode two uh, is a slightly um, more serious topic. Obviously, episode one, we just kind of introduced ourselves. Um, But episode two, we're going to talk a little bit about addiction Um, as a topic that um, is very widespread and... um, you know, obviously the target audience, you know, we're looking at promoting healthy masculinity and addiction is something that's um, very commonplace uh, for men. Um, and we're hoping it just gives way to some discussion, conversation. We hope it's thought provoking, uh, but we don't want to sort of spend too long on it. Um, but... Um, I'd love for for Paul for you to share a bit about your journey because you've shared with us in the past how you've journeyed quite um you know quite deeply with um with addiction so I thought I you'd have. be yeah over to you mate it's um I I never feel entirely qualified to talk about this having listened to lots of 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 discussion around addiction um i uh, maybe it's perhaps because you get caught in the eye of the storm sometimes and things don't ever feel um perhaps as crazy um now as they perhaps were in the past and i think the thing about my particular addiction which was alcohol um was that you spend so much time when you're in the fog of alcohol in denial that when you or when i've put distance away from those troubles i suppose because i was in denial at the time um i've needed um other people's words to frame the if you like the place that i was in in some ways more adequately than i ever was able to do don't know whether that makes sense or not. What mm. what I what I, I suppose what I try and mm. it's I 
I've um, been in recovery for five years, I think now. And even, even saying that is a strange thing because by saying um, I'm in recovery, it almost feels like I was in a place where I felt like I needed to recover. But at the time, I didn't think I was in that place, if that makes sense. Mm. I, I was um, drinking very, very heavily. Um, I had some, uh, some external things around. Um, I had a very, someone very close to me was also struggling very much with alcoholism um, and lost their battle actually. And, and, and um, I think I've said in the past that one of the, um, one of the catalysts for my journey was watching um, that person and that, that always resonates with me. And I, and I, um, I always just sort of struggle when I kind of think about it and frame it in those terms, because um, mm-hmm. we, we lost someone um, and it was a um, devastating for 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 everyone. Um, I in in my sobriety and or on my journey to sobriety, I was reading literature, quit lit they call it I think, um, and it was only through reading that that I really sort of thought shit i really did have a problem i i was really i was really people people would write and they would they would tell little stories um fabulous book by a lady called catherine gray um really resonated because it she she talks about these sort of particular things that she did little things um to sort of disguise her addiction or to hide it. And I was like, Oh my God, I was doing that. And I actually realized, mm. I, I realized through that, the, the kind of place that I was in, um, kind of afterwards, if you like. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I, I, it's been a, it's been an incredible five years for me in terms of growth and, um, the changes that have happened to me um, in terms of the things that I do now compared to what I do then um, are insane. Um, and, and, and I'm just spending a huge amount of time every day in, in gratitude for it. Um, it's a, uh, it's a very, it's a lovely space to be in. Um, that's not to say I don't have other addictions, there's always something I don't know. And that comes down to that. Do we have addictive personalities or not? I suspect mm. I probably do, but um, there's lots of positives to come from it, but mm. I've taught that was a monologue, probably <laughs> less so, but I don't That's... know whether anybody has any thoughts. Well, well I can, I'm, I'm happy to say I'm addicted to your personality. Uh, oh, oh. Look at that. That's too kind. <laughs> That's too kind. It's uh, it's I, it's it's very difficult to talk about. And I and I think I think perhaps um and I, I don't know whether 
either of you were were witness to when I explained or talked about that story sort of in in public, so to speak. And I surprised myself with actually how emotional I got. I wasn't expecting to get as emotional as I did about it. And I and I um I don't know whether that is reflected in um sort of probably maybe I don't know maybe being slightly more um downbeat about it um it was uh I, tr I tried to think more about the positives of it now um i think it's um it's a good somebody um gabor mate i think it is he speaks about addiction coming from trauma he's very um he's very very that's his thesis and I've always reflected on that because I always search back and sort of think what trauma, what trauma is there? Is there something underneath that still needs to be unpicked because I still can't think of any off the top of my head that would have sent me into that kind of spiral. Mm. But it's, um, yeah, challenging times, but, um, I still give myself a nine out of 10. I have to, I, 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 I'm, um, I'm accountable every day for being alcohol free and I never give myself a 10 out of 10. I always give myself a nine out of 10 because there's always that, tomorrow. So is that to kind of keep you, um, not on the edge. That's probably the wrong word to keep you humble to continue and continuing that, that yeah. I'm not, I'm not there yet. So I've got to keep working at it. Yeah. I mean, I think I never did. I never did the, the like 12 step or anything like that. Um, although I, although I have, have, have tried to read about it. Um, and so I don't feel entirely um, empowered to speak to um, a lot of the, the language that, um, get spoken about in terms of um, alcohol addiction in particular. Um, but the one thing I am very aware of was my, my original journey was supposed to be 90 days. That's what I'd set myself. It was that classic kind of uh, let's, um, I need to take a break from this. It was 2018 I'd actually had dry January and then done dry, dry February as well. But we then had, don't know whether you remember 2018, but it was an am amazing weather. The weather at Easter was beautiful right the way through until early summer. And then the Euros were on. So there was football on and beautiful weather. And I just was like, I've done two months clear i can do this it's fine and i just went hell for leather um and um i can remember getting to the end of um uh june or something my partner said to me she went you're really you know you know drinking a lot and i was like well that, yeah, but it's fine because I had January and February. So I was, you know, but I was aware that it was beginning to um, 
get very much kind of out of hand in terms of the quantity. Um, and that's why I was talking about the weather because I just remember it was just perfect for having a beer and having a bottle of wine and, you know. And um, it got to the point where I sort of thought, I need to do something about this. And there was a couple of guys, uh, very um, uh, quite high profile, um, one year no beer. It was kind of like an online thing, social media thing. And I saw them on BBC News and I and it sort of resonated. And they did a little package where they did like 30 days, but 90 days. And you paid for it. And it was sort of like something that you signed up for. Um, and they gave you some support and this, that and the other. And I was like, okay, let me do 90 days. 90 days being the the the, the point where you can kind of break a habit. And so I went on holiday at the end of the last couple of weeks of July and I went, okay, I will, I'll do 90 days on the, when I get back from holiday, I actually started the last day of my holiday because I had to drive back from Gatwick in the evening. So I was like, I might as well just kick it in on the 31st. So I started 31st of January, uh, to July, 2018. Did the 90 days. And it was then a question of, can I go back to moderation? And that was that became this massive kind of question for me um, leading up to the end of that 90 days. And I, it was fearful, fearful of thinking, I know I can't do moderation. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. So I kind of kicked the can down the road. I sort of went... Um, my daughter said to me in the car, what's the point of doing 90 days if you can do 100? And I was like, yeah, okay. So I did 100. And then that took me almost towards Christmas. So I was like, oh, I'll wait till, maybe I'll wait till Christmas Day. And I was suddenly aware that I was, instead of kind of like making an excuse to have a drink, I was making an excuse not to have one. Not necessarily because I didn't want one. It was just the fear of actually knowing what was going to happen if I did. Mm. Um, and I think um, that was what spurred me on. And, and I, and I think going back to what I said at, at, the, at the very beginning, um, it was recognizing with distance, the longer it went on, the more of a problem I realized I had because the more kind of fearful I got of going back. And I think fear was a massive driver for me. So if you then suddenly, if people sort of say to me, well, how did you do it? People talk about willpower and they talk about it, it was fear. That was, that was what it was for me. It was like, oh, you know, I, I, it, just being kind of scared of, of, of where of that spiral um and and needing to put the brakes on um, was there was there um as well as the fear was there also the thing of breaking the record it's like i, I don't want to I've, I've gone this far as well yeah I don't wanna, do you know I don't what ha ruin it just for one having, day having streaks is <clears throat> really really important really really important um i think it's i journal as well um, which was all part of 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 part of the journey. So so one of the things that um, 
the one year no beer thing did was getting into good habits um and so i started meditation and i started journaling and those two things basically replaced um alcohol for me as a as a kind of a daily thing non-negotiable if i do nothing else today i'm gonna meditate and i'm gonna journal and those two um things have have been in place all the way through and sit or on that on that journey and i think those three things not having alcohol journaling and meditation have just been like it is it's like a superpower in some ways um in in, this, in, in just in just in terms of 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 how it it it's changed my um outlook and 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 the my space if you like that's really um that's quite special that you've set out to do one thing and you've come out of it doing these these two other things yeah the journaling and the meditation that's kept you really you know yeah. on track it it's it, one of the things that they that they say you know take taking a break from alcohol giving up alcohol gives you obviously it gives you the sobriety gives you a clear head gives you better sleep um but it also gives you time because after basically six o'clock in the evening i was that was it for me that was you know nothing really constructive got done not not like hugely um but once i sort of had the space and the clarity to be able to use that time um you look around and you think well what can i do with this time and and you just end up being loads more constructive and 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 doing positive things and that's the real blessing and that's the that's the thing that you you have gratitude for is is just being able to be present and um and all the things that they say i mean i i i sort of listen to listen to podcasts listen to reflections on addiction particularly about alcoholism and and things and i, I just sort of nod my my head in agree, in agreement um because you 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 recognize so much it's it's a very familiar pattern and a very familiar thing that people talk about is 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 having time for others for yourself um and there's uh that sense of being in service um to others as well which is is something that i think is is lacking in anybody that has um a certain amount of addiction because it does become about the self a lot of the time well what about well, you share what's um have you had experiences with people in your life that have maybe been going through their own addictions um well thanks for sharing that paul that was pretty that was pretty that's deep. all right um, <laughs> uh for me i don't i can't think of anybody that i know but i know i have i have a bit of a sugar addiction mm. <laughs> which 
has got me into a bad place at times where I've been like hiding it. Uh, you know, you need to go and pick up some milk from the petrol pump and then it's like, oh, I can just have a quick, get some chocolate down me. Um, and I think that happened for a good few years um, to the point where it was like, you know what, this isn't normal. You're eating like two to three chocolates a day. I'm talking bars. Um, Sounds good, actually. Sounds good. <laughs> Dangerous. <laughs> <was> good. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, that's, that's it's saying anything, um, anything too good is bad for you, right? Um, so that was... Oh, I started putting on weight. I started looking a bit tubby. And after all, I was kind of like, this can't be good. You know, I think as you get older as well, when it comes to things with health, um, you do kind of worry seeing other stories, other people getting ill, having heart attacks or getting developing diabetes. And you think, do I want to have... Um, do I want to have some sort of illness or a heart attack to tell me that this isn't good for you <laughs> rather than you just stopping, you know, yourself? Um, well, it, come, it comes down to that same thing. There's a, there's a denial in place, isn't there? And that's, I, I think that's where I was talking mm. about the fear that you, you have, um, I find that there's, you have a denial and you have strength in others as well. That's where I think that there are, um, you you can surround yourself or you look to people i would always be on the, uh, listening to the radio and um if there was any talk about um you know how much you should drink or how many units you should drink, i'd turn it off i'd turn it off because yeah. it just sent too many and i'm still kind of like that now with certain things that i kind of struggle with you kind of turn away from it it's that denial and I think it's when you face you face the denial, but when you face the denial, like you're talking about health and 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 health is obviously you know it tends to be front and center in with with things like this because you know mm. I mean that's I believe the a, a definition of addiction is to carry on doing something that you know is doing you harm or knowing know that you know that's doing you a disservice um and you carry on doing it anyway. Um, whether that's alcohol, sugar, or whatever it is, you 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 get to a point where there is a fear, there is a you a reckoning, or mm. you recognise that there may be a day of reckoning that you cannot no longer deny um, to yourself. Um, that becomes the stronger feeling, um, and that's when it gives you the from my point of view gave me the strength to kind of confront it and to mm. confront confront myself yeah um with it um it's uh yeah yeah it's it's one of those things but it it it's not just just solving one problem the alcohol in my case, it doesn't necessarily mean that there aren't other things that need to be addressed, that you have an equal amount of willpower 
for want of a better word, to tackle. It you, there's um you need to go through that, or I need to go through that whole process again with other habits, and that yeah. is a that's a separate journey. Do you, do you know what I mean? And that's one of the things that has sort of surprised me is the sense that you sort of think, oh, well, I, I've done that, so I can do this. You know, giving up smoking when I was in my, I don't know, 30s, you know, you do that, so you think, oh, I can do something. Yeah, no, 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 it's, it, you, you've got a different battle going on now. Um, and there's nothing that from that experience necessarily that you can draw from you have a new fight with a new enemy and you have to treat it completely differently. Mm. I don't but, know if like, um, you know, you see people who smoke and then they die of lung cancer or they, they, you know, they get sick, they get chronic illnesses and you see people in their nineties who've been smoking their whole lives and they're so oblivious. They're like, nah, nothing's going to happen to me. I've always thought that and always will. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes I look at people like that. I think, is that mind over matter? Like in a really extreme case where they're just like, nothing is going to happen to me. I'm just going to keep smoking. It's a very, it is a very <laughs> strange thing. It is a very strange thing. But I mean, I think, I think you have to, that, that then sort of, you know, it's a little bit like, um, being a, a a high risk taker or a low risk taker, isn't it? You you look at that situation, and some people might look at that person in their nineties smoking and think, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna run with that idea, and I'll carry mm. on because I'm gonna a little bit like I'm gonna I'm gonna put my money in a high risk investment, um, because that's in their nature. They they're mm. they're quite bullish in that respect um others will kind of put the brakes on a lot earlier because they're quite bearish and they'll just kind of go actually no 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 i'm not that's i'm i'm not that lucky that wouldn't yeah. be me that wouldn't be me in my 90s that i you know and and things and it's <laughs> and it's just that it's just your it I, I think that then comes down to if you like your personal makeup mm. and you know how 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 sensitive to you you are to a fear of something, I guess. Yeah, yeah, sure. Nate, have you had um, other than your great food and great music that you listen to and eat? Have you had any <laughs> any addictions? Mine was more of a psychological addiction, um, and that was OCD. Wow. Okay. Um, crippling OCD. Um, to what it, level are we talking? Um, so it really all culminated in um, the summer between my second and third year at college. I was at college in the states, and I come and and I I'd been going downhill over the first couple of years of college, um, and just struggling on. Um, but it was quite clear I was unwell. Um, and when I got home to the UK for the summer and just went to get some summer work to raise money for the next semester, you know, to get and plane tickets and all of that, I'd be on the job. And I remember I got a job at home base, um, just as an assistant, 
and I would I remember I would put I don't know tins of paint out on the shelf and I would walk away and then something inside would say no you did it wrong and I'd have to go back and like move the cans around and I'd walk away and it would go no you've not done it right and I would walk back and this would happen three four five times and um, that was the worst it got um, because when that's happening it it's 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 crushing you mentally it crushes you um but i recognize that it is it's an emotional and mental addiction um and so much so that it, it kind of cost me kind of cost me the job it didn't it was only um but you know they, they were very polite about it in that um they were making some cuts to the team and they decided to let me go but it it went it didn't go unnoticed. It was brought up in, in a meeting with the management that, you know, they're a bit confused about my behavior. Um, but their, their shelves must've looked awesome. You know, the city, <laughs> the city thing is with OCD is they, they just looked exactly the same. Cause, cause that's, that's the problem. You're the addiction. Oh, it's is, what you're seeing. Yeah. It's how you're seeing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, albeit there are many different forms of addiction, you know, we've talked about, you know, physical chemical addictions, there's, there's emotional addictions, there's mental addictions, you know, there's, there's people who are addicted to abusive relationships, mm -hmm. um, because it's, 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 a, it's a structure, it's a familiar structure that, that makes people feel safe. I think for me, my OCD was something that gave me the illusion of control. Um, mm. You know, so, um, you know, I, I guess it's, it's helpful to highlight that there are many different faces of addiction, but I think Paul nailed it on the head by saying it's when you keep doing something that you know ha is, is adverse um you know that's 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 your sign <laughs> yeah definitely if, if if you keep repeating sorry sir yeah no no i was just gonna say in your case nate how what what was the turning point where you're just using the example of the of the paintings where you would then say okay do you know what i there's something here i need to this surely this can't be happening to everyone or it's just me, or I need to do something, or what was that kind of realization that I need to, I take some action, or I need to, this is like killing me. Mm. Um, I was very fortunate because I was living with mum and dad back home. They, it, it was on full display for them, and they naturally expressed how concerned they they are. But mm. dad's both dad and myself, um, you know, have, um, have a living faith. And I remember one morning dad said to me, um, Hey son, don't you think that, um, if you really wanted something, really wanted something? No, first we said, do you know what it means to, to want something? And I said, yeah, yeah, I think so. He says, okay. He says, do you think if you really wanted to be free, that you could be free. Yeah. He said, do you think that if you really wanted to be free and pray for it, that you would get it? And I said, yeah, I do. He said, might be an idea. And I did. Um, and 
the amazing thing is that particular morning I was going off to start another job and in the pit of my stomach I was dreading what would happen I knew what would happen I knew what was coming that's the thing about addiction is it's always an impending sense of doom because you know that you're help you're powerless but uh, I, I did pray and um that day I had a terrible morning on this new job with all of my OCD and it was apologizing as well compulsive apologizing and then I would apologize for apologizing so you know just within the morning my new team were kind of like mm, this guy's a bit weird and then <laughs> during my lunch break I just had a bit of an epiphany and I was looking out the window at a tree and um I just had this epiphany and I, I realized that um I needed to let go of the past. And that, that sounds like a generic thing to say, but I realized that all of my behavior was about going back and trying to correct my past in a very simplistic form. And I just had this sort of epiphany. And um, for me, I, I that epiphany was about um, giving it, for me, it was giving it to christ this greater being who was more powerful than me could take it so i literally had a turnaround during that lunch break and i went back for the afternoon and i would get that driving compulsion in my the pit of my stomach to go back and check or to apologize and just in my head i would say just give it to him give it to christ like that and it took real right. effort but do you know what? Within the space of a week, I was a new man. Carnival. And I think I just needed someone to break me out of that trap and just someone else to give it to. That's what I needed. You know, like whatever I think I've done wrong, it, I, I can't fix it. I'll just give it to, uh, let me give it to him. Let me give it to him. Let me give it to him. And eventually that compulsion to go back and fix it went away. It's really interesting that that sounds like it runs very much parallel to the ideas around the serenity prayer, which is obviously the, um, uh, if you like the, 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 the mantra perhaps of, of um the 12 step um the idea of um understanding that there is someone greater than you um that if you like you 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 are not in control it's it's you are you are past being able to control yourself you have to give um if you like over to someone else mm. and 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 they have the if you like the power to sort of sort you out it's no longer you you you're not able to 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 do um or self-correct in that respect um it seemed to resonate quite strongly there so that's i i it's an interesting parallel and i think parallel. you know people struggling with any form of addiction just need to ultimately confront the powerlessness 
because the point of addiction is that it's controlling you and it's taken over. Mm. And if you can get to that point, and there are many sources of help, you know, there are many support groups. There's the various anonymous groups that provide that help. Um, and there is um, medical help, um, counseling and stuff like that. So, you know, it it's it's not a dead end. It, it, it never is. There's always a flip side to it. Um, and I think just having the humility to, um, to just go, you know what, I can't fix me. You know, I yeah. tried, you know, for I would, some... I would thoroughly agree with that. Yeah. I thoroughly agree with that. Yeah. I, that's very strong. Actually very strong. I can't fix me. Not on my own. Mm, not on, not on our own. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think for any of the listeners, you know, if you feel that you're you have an addiction or you're doing something to an extreme level, just reach out and speak to somebody you know, friend, family member, just talk to them because sometimes getting that opinion from somebody else who may agree with you or may think you're overthinking something. Mm-hmm. I think the longer you leave it in your own head and just go round and round in circles with it, it can be quite soul destroying. Sometimes you just need to open your mouth and just speak to someone before you get, yeah, where you get to a, a, a really bad point. Conversation is always really powerful, really powerful and sharing. So Mm. I completely agree. Completely agree. And I, I feel like, this will be a great point to just um, conclude this episode just because it's it's quite a pivotal point um, for thought and um, we just would love our listeners to to take that on board and think about opening up and beginning that dialogue if you are struggling with addiction or maybe helping those that you know are struggling mm. yes definitely. very important very important amazing well, there we go yeah well thanks everyone for listening um we'll be back soon with more um more upbeat more upbeat yeah more upbeat more upbeat <laughs> i yeah. think more about addiction to life <laughs> addiction to life <clears throat> energy <laughs> yeah absolutely brilliant amazing well um We'll see everyone soon and we look forward to catching up on the next episode.